It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. Ben, today I want to talk about something that's a uh, more of a movement than anything, I guess. Oh, yeah. A, a stylistic movement. Mm-hmm. How about that? Um, Art Deco cars. Right. And why is this more of a stylistic movement? Well, obviously, it follows the Art Deco uh, style, I, th- I suppose, mm-hmm. that came about in, what, the 1920s. We'll, we'll get to that. But um, what really sparked this whole thing is that uh, you gave me a magazine recently, and the cover story was about Art Deco cars. And I mm-hmm. thought this kind of reminded me that we also have an article on our website. Um, you know, I think it's just called "What Is an Art Deco Car?" Simple as that. Uh, but it very clearly lays out uh, what design characteristics Art Deco cars that follow along with the Art Deco style and Art Deco, Art Deco architecture and, mm. and design. Um, you know, the mid twenties or the, the, the early twenties, um, the, the way the cars follow along with that style trend. Oh man! And to be absolutely honest with you. I think these vehicles are some of the most beautiful cars, bar none, just in my opinion, again. I completely agree, and, and to be, I guess, in the presence of one of these cars, mm-hmm. because they're, they're, well, they're still very rare these days, because they were rare in the day that they were built. Yeah. They're ra- even more rare now. Um, you almost have to be at a museum or at a concours show. You know, I've mentioned the concours d'elegance mm-hmm. many times. Or hanging with a chic or, <laughs> or an aristocrat. Yeah, yeah. you probably have lots of friends that have Art Deco cars, right? Well, yeah, my, my chic friends. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I can, I can think of maybe just a couple of examples that I've actually in person witnessed. And that's just, I mean, I've got, I go to shows all the time, auto shows, mm-hmm. and I, I've always got my eyes, you know, peeled on the road looking at, uh, you know what's out there? What's passing me? What's behind me? What's in front of me? All around? You know, any car, any car show, um, the concourse shows, and maybe a museum exhibition here or there. 
Uh, I can really only think of just a handful of cars that I've seen that are that are true Art Deco cars in person. Well, like that one that uh, traveled through the uh, High Museum recently. Exactly. Right? Yeah. What was it? The Art of the Automobile. I yeah. think is what it was called. Yeah. And uh, you'll find, you know, like you know, maybe the Peterson Museum will have something that you know is a special exhibit, but you know, they may only have one or two at most. And this is this is a good point because it's true that. Art Deco cars, in comparison to most of the other older vehicles you'll see, uh, Art Deco cars are exceedingly rare, and uh, they always were. But that's a little bit strange because the Art Deco movement that inspired these cars dominated almost everything between every kind of, how do we say it in the article, every form of creative expression between World War I and World War II Mm -hmm. in the 20s. So you couldn't walk down the street without seeing something that was Art Deco. Yeah, whether it was a building or whether Mm -hmm. it was uh, um, inspired jewelry, you know, that people were wearing, um, whether it was uh, furniture, Mm -hmm. anything, all all types of, uh, of materials took on this Art Deco look and feel. And it uh, had a lot of nautical elements to it as well. Yep. Um, and we still see that in, in cars all the way up until like maybe the, the 1950s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and even in some cases today, we'll, we'll talk about some modern examples at the very end of this podcast because yeah. there's some really good ones in, th- in places that you may not think to look. Um, but, you know, you have these, you mentioned they're, they're rare even then. Yes. So, you know, here's the thing about this, Ben. They, the elements of Art Deco, came into production, you know, like a lot of people adopted those into production vehicles. So mm-hmm. elements of Art Deco design crop up here and there in even cars that the big three manufactured on, you know, on mass scales. Yeah. Um, but but we're talking primarily about, you know, full vehicles that are designed completely. I mean, the whole body, coach builders that, that create mm-hmm. works of art, really, uh, that are completely Art Deco designed, you know, from from you know, the, the grill all the way to the back bumper. Yeah, so this is the uh, the era, as you say, of coach builders. So this, uh, this is an era where a car company like Bugatti would maybe just make the chassis and the engine, mm-hmm. and then a custom coach building company would create uh, something exactly to, you know, the Duke's specifications. And let's keep in mind uh, that during the 1930s in the United States, the Great Depression is occurring, mm-hmm. and that's when it just kicks in for us, right? When uh, yeah. when when the Art Deco idea kicks in for us, kicks yeah across the Atlantic mm-hmm. into into the United States, and people who were, I guess, financially secure during this time mm-hmm. is, is an understatement, right? Because yeah. it was a time of, of of inequality, so there were some people who were quite well off, and they were able to have. The perfect car. We're talking about cars that could cost, you know, two hundred thousand dollars when at a time when the average home costs thirty eight hundred. Yeah, you know what? I can tell you something about this too because yeah. I looked up this number, right? Uh-huh. Um, from our article, uh, we say that um, in two thousand eight, a uh, there was a. Um, you know what? I've got this mixed up here. I'm going to go back and find this number for you. I promise. But oh uh, no, here it is. Is it the Bugatti? Option? No, here it is. Actually, you know what? The uh, you're talking about the Delage. D8 120 Cabriolet, right? Yes, sir. All right, you mentioned $200,000 at a time when uh, the home was 3800 In, I, I went to a, a an inflation calculator. Oh, good, good. And figured this out. So th- that vehicle was produced between, I think, 1937 and 1939. So I took 1937 numbers for $200,000. Uh-huh. And if you were to, uh, I guess, bring that up to today's standards, that's about $3.2 million in 2012 dollars. Wow. So you're talking about a car that's brand new, $3.2 million. There's 
I can think of only maybe a couple that are even approaching that these days, and they're not even to that point. I mean, we're talking yeah. about like the Bugatti Veyron, and this one that we're talking about here in the article, you know, the two hundred thousand yeah. dollar vehicle. That was a uh, that's a, that's an enormous vehicle, you know, like the big coach built vehicles. You're oh talking yes, about. and we should talk about the features of Art Deco cars because we said that we see features or elements of this stylistic approach. Uh, getting into some of the mass-produced cars, some of the big three, mm-hmm. from these custom-built uh, vehicles. But we didn't say what those uh, what those elements are. You'll often hear about the uh, streamlined shape. That's mm-hmm. one of the first, the big things, right? Yeah, yeah streamlined. That's, uh, that's another whole topic. I think we've talked about streamlined yeah. before, right? But yeah. I, I love streamlined cars. Go ahead. Uh, and uh swooping fenders lots mm-hmm. of chrome long hoods yeah oh, long yes. hoods are key long yeah. hoods and also massive engines massive well, which yeah. is really cool i i have uh, i've got a note here about the massive engines too yes. because uh when, when, we, when we say massive we're talking about you know these are the, the big monster v12 engines that they mm-hmm. put in them um you know nine liter engines aircraft engines um a lot of v12s that you know that, that were required that much space so that's why they had these massive hoods and that that in itself lends to these long horizontal lines that the architecture um you know where that comes from i guess mm-hmm. is from the from the uh, art deco architecture of the day as well and uh you know the other thing is that um it wasn't just the shape of the thing it was also that they used you know really rich bold colors which they hadn't in the past right yes um and this is crazy i mean you may see things like Orange and and cream colored cars, and you'll mm-hmm. see things with uh, like bright purple and yeah. uh, and purple really and white, yeah. amazing, amazing colors that are that are brought together that in the past just hadn't been put on cars up till that point. Um, you know, we see a lot of custom paint now. Right. Uh, this is similar, and you know, that was really, really eye catching, but um, excessive ornamentation. Yeah, um, the, it's extravagant. I, but you know what? At the same time, they say that they're simple, simple in design, mm-hmm. but excessive ornamentation. I don't know how that kind of goes together. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you here, Ben. Yeah. And you and I talked about this before the podcast when the idea was first mentioned that we do this, this, uh, this podcast. I don't know if I could look at it at an element of a vehicle and say that that's an Art Deco element. I kind of have a feel for it a little bit. But I couldn't say I couldn't look at an emblem. I couldn't look at a uh, you know a piece of chrome on the side of a Buick and decide that that's an Art Deco element. I don't know if I know the the exact criteria that makes it that. Yeah, I was I'm with you on that because I was reading the uh, the stuff about the elements and you know there's also a, a smaller rounded trunk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And there are some specifics, but I think it's very difficult to look at simply one piece of the puzzle and then say that is Art Deco. They mentioned geometric shapes. Well, all all shapes are geometric. It seems to me. Yeah, I know there's some, (laughs) I know a lot of organic shapes and I understand that, but, but you know, when you get into other things, other items, I can almost pick out like Art Deco items better if they're a complete item that is designed as an Art Deco item. Like, um, you know, we mentioned other things that that followed along with this uh, this trend. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, this is coming from France in the 1920s. It goes international from, like, the 1930s and 40s. So, you know, we're catching on to this here in in the States at that point. Um, This is right around when Airstream trailers came around. Um, Yeah. So, like, the the metal, really classic design. Mm -hmm. those Those are clearly... Um, Art Deco design. Yeah. Uh, kitchen appliances, which I think you, you know several kitchen appliances, right? That yes, were some of the, uh, the toasters, the refrigerators of the 50s. You can't look at any uh, 
you can't look at any appliance commercial for the home in the 1950s and not run into some sort of Art Deco element. Which is crazy because this is also at the end. So I think it maybe yeah. goes back in the 40s and the early part of the 50s. Yeah. But like I look at the toaster at my grandparents' house. Uh huh. And that is clearly an Art Deco toaster. It's old. I mean, it's really old. Like, you know, wire. Um, Wire, I'm sorry, cloth wiring, you know, like the kind that with Whoa, cloth covering yeah, and that type yeah. of thing. Their whole house is that way, but that's um, cool. Yeah, it's really neat. But like, look at like tea kettles and fans and wall clocks mm-hmm. and vacuum cleaners and mm-hmm. everything had Art Deco elements or design to it. Um, and if you look now, if you want a modern example of a kitchen appliance now, you mm-hmm. can look at you know the new KitchenAid mixers that are kind of all one piece. They're really big. And yeah, cool yeah, yeah. Those are Art Deco design as well. Definitely so that, bright colors. It, yeah. You can get them in bright colors, and they have that one smooth, sort of sinuous curve. Exactly, right? yeah, and I think everybody probably knows what I'm talking about, the uh, the the, uh, the kitchen countertop mixer, you know, the big one-unit, mm-hmm. single-piece unit. Um, I guess if you want to look for cars, yeah. I mean, oh, actually, you know what, there's another thing, too. What's that? Uh, the 1930s trains. Oh, good call. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, the trains of the day, very streamlined. Mm-hmm. Uh, they appear in a lot of artwork, you know, like um, you'll see trains park next to, or actually accelerating next to cars that are also accelerating. Right. Um, that type of, you know, artwork that you'll you'll find where they compare the two, that they look very similar, you know, with the raked back grill. Yeah. Um, long, long vertical, um, horizontal lines, rather. Um, I can see, I can see the train design following. I can, I mean, it's, that's a, that's a clear indicator that, you know, it, it passed on to other modes of transportation besides mm-hmm. automobiles. And also even, I found a few um, outboard boat motors that uh, took on the Art Deco design. Actually, many of them did in the day. This this movement, this style movement, was so encompassing that it just it just hit everything. I mean, furniture, buildings, mm-hmm. uh, outboard boat motors. Who's, yeah. Who would think? Um, a toaster. Clothing. You know, well, uh, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, clothing, yeah. Um, it's amazing. And so <clears throat> when we're talking about the Art Deco cars, uh, we... We're talking about one piece of this of this large movement, but man, the cars are so cool. They're usually two door coupes, not always, yeah, but usually, uh, excuse me, uh, usually two doors, um, and they've usually got the big round headlights. I feel I hate to say it, Scott, but I feel like I'm doing a disservice to some of these companies uh, because I. Am not articulating their their vision well enough. Mm-hmm. But you got you guys have to check it out. Do an image search just for Art Deco cars. You'll see some amazing stuff, and um, it's stuff that you are not likely to see manufactured in that form again. Because keep in mind, this is this period uh, between World War One, World War Two, and, and for the vehicles. Um, This was a period where there were uh, quite a few car companies. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, 
The co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But We Loved is a podcast about queer history. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught. A history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. For My Heart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I can give you three examples, if you'd like, just, Love r- it. just really quickly, that um, you know, if you want to search these vehicles, this will give you a very clear idea of what an Art Deco car looks like. Now, um, there's an interesting one that, you know, following all these coach-built vehicles, and mm-hmm. you know, the United States, we said, jumped on around the 1930s, 1940s, um, they created, uh, Chrysler created something called the Chrysler Airflow. Okay, good. I was going to say, if you're naming three, make sure one of them is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Because uh, the Airflow was, at the time... Very revolutionary design. Yeah, the airflow. Uh, the airflow looks as though it was carved out of a single piece of polished metal. Hmm. And so I think that's a pretty good way that's to say it. That's probably a pretty, pretty good way to and say it. And yeah. they put some tires on it. What's really crazy is that, you know, they've got uh, – cars were really rectangular. They mm-hmm. were really uh, squared off in a lot of cases. You know, they did have big fenders and things like that, but um, the – Airflow is is unique. I mean, we've got the what is it called the waterfall grill on the front. That's yeah, probably yeah, the, the yeah. most striking example of of this Art Deco design. But if you look inside, you know the bench seats. They, the bench seats look mm. almost like um, like bus seats of the day is what it looked like to me. Yeah. But but they did have this metal frame, like this tubular frame that went around them that added a, a just a stylistic element that you know made part of that look Art Deco. When you open up the door, it's like, okay, there's an Art Deco element to it. Um, again, the dashboard laid yeah. out in Art Deco design. The entire body was laid out in Art Deco design. Now, it's not a coach-built vehicle like, um, you know, like, no, like, good the, point. like the specific, you know, the Delahays and the... Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Havas. Uh, yeah, the Delahays and all those yeah. vehicles, you know, that are, that are over-the-top mm-hmm. designs. This was a little more subtle, but um, still, if you look at it even today... It's definitely, definitely a, a tie-in. One of the first uses of streamlining, too, in production vehicles, right? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, as a matter of fact, because uh, you mentioned the rectangular design, and this mm-hmm. is one that they actually tested and, and, you know, 
determined that you know it's going to flow through the air better this way. And that's uh, that's a uh, 1934 that comes out. 1934. Okay. If you want to look at, uh, there's another two examples I can give you. Yeah. Here. Um, one real quick one that's one of my personal favorites. Uh, Harley Earl's the uh, the um, GM Futureliner design. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that vehicle. I forgot about that. That vehicle is awesome. And I, there's mm-hmm. they only made something like 12 of them, and I'm I. You know, I've misplaced my notes, so I'm going to just wing it here. Okay, it's it's huge. It's uh, it's not it's not a car, just so everybody knows. No, no, it's it's a huge. It was a display vehicle that GM built to. Uh, I think it was per, the Parade of Progress. Now that I mm-hmm. think about it, it was used for uh, two different time periods. Um, like one is like in the mid early 40s, and the other one is like in the the mid 50s for like one or two years at a time. That was it. Um, they made 12 of them. I think nine exist today. One was crashed. They know that one. And there's mm. two others that are somewhere out there. And they were resold to, to people along the way. One recently, I think, sold for about $4 bucks. I think, Ben, at, wow. uh, at an auction. Um, a restored, you know, I think it was number 11 of, uh, of the 12. So um, these, are, these are buses, and they also have, they're, they're highly customized buses. If you check them out, um, I think they're red and white, most of them. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's something interesting? What's I, when that? I was looking up the uh, the future liner, uh-huh. someone had posted that they they had just recently bought a harmonica from around that same time period. Yeah, and they turned the harmonica on end, and it looks almost exactly like the future liner. You'll find the comparison if you search harmonica future liner. I'm sure that you'll be able to see it. And I, I swear to you, it's very very close. It really does look close. It's it's amazing the design, um, you know similarities in that we should do a podcast just on the future See, liner again oh definitely yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've, we've done on special vehicles like that the yeah. parade vehicles almost right sure. um and then if you want to look for one more that's yeah. really a good example um the stout scarab uh from the 1930s mm-hmm. uh like 1932 i think was the first one um really only five cars are reported to exist today wow of the of the original stout stout scarab cars um, but definitely an Art Deco design. Um, you'll see them maybe you know at a museum here or there. Right. Um, I did see. I saw one at a Concourse show. Again, Concourse show is the place to go for these rarities. Yeah, it's your best shot to see them mm-hmm. in live and up close. And it didn't do well because people thought it was ugly at the time. Really. But, but now, can you imagine if you owned one of these five vehicles, what that's worth? I mean, it's got to be uh, millions and millions, if not just you know in. I don't know if you can put yeah. a price on it. Man. I don't think really? you can. I don't think you can. There's also uh, there there's also um, Mullins Museum, which mm-hmm. we mentioned in the article, right? Sure. It's in Oxnard, California, and there you can check out uh, the C27 Grand Sport Cabriolet that the Shah of Persia once had. Ah, see, big money. Mm-hmm. You can also um, you can also see several other examples of Art Deco cars, uh, but. Let's be let's be completely frank. <clears throat> it's beyond the means of most people on the planet mm-hmm. to purchase or restore one of the original vehicles. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. To find uh, one of these, like I mentioned, you know, some of these cars are going for eight million dollars yeah. at auction. That, yeah. I mean, that's literally one of the numbers here for a Bugatti from the day. Yeah, eight point two is it? I think it's something like that. That's for a nineteen thirty-seven Bugatti mm-hmm. um, that, that exhibits Art Deco design. It's, it was sold for eight million dollars in two thousand seven. So that's the uh, the level that we're talking about here. That's how, that's how mm-hmm. musty. And I and I I do want to defend this the price of these things because given both their rarity. And their status as works of art. No, nobody complains when uh, Van Gogh is purchased 
yeah, for millions 20, of dollars, twenty-five yeah. million or whatever it costs. Yeah. So, so I can I can completely see why these would command such a high price, and the game, the Art Deco game, is not over for anyone who can't afford to buy a eight million dollar Bugatti because there are plenty of vehicles that have Art Deco elements in them in the modern day. Oh sure, yeah, you can get let's say a Bugatti yeah, <laughs> for two and a half million, right? It's no, a there's a, you know there's others it really, but um, one of the cars that that does exhibit um, you know, the Art Deco design today mm-hmm. happens to be another Bugatti. Yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah, I mean in that you know it's part of their lineage, it's part of their their heritage. Uh, but yeah, look at the Veyron, and there's a lot of Art Deco yeah. elements within this. Now that's in the interior where it's like almost like it looks like. Uh, you know, a watchmaker made the interior. Yeah, um, yeah, I, it does. There's another car that's similar to that. There's a, a Spiker. It's called uh, with S P Y K E R. Mm. Uh, called a vehicle called the C8. And uh, if you look at the interior of that, it has like the quilted leather interior. Um, again, overly ornate instrumentation, but yeah. inside it, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's like a lot of leather and chrome. And that's that's hand stitched, right? It that's, is. That's yeah, a, it's yeah. it's uh, it's another high dollar vehicle, of course. I mean, it, it costs a lot of money for a Spiker C8. I'll tell you that. Um, you'll see it displayed alongside, you know, at the Lamborghini dealership. That's the only place I've seen one in person. Um, but you know, just to be able to peek inside this thing was really it's it quite a treat. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that. Yeah, it was uh, very unique. And the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the Rolls Royce car company, which some people may have heard of, mm-hmm. uh, has also created uh, some Art Deco-inspired cars. Yeah. They've, they've inherited some of those elements. As a matter of fact, you were just showing me one that yeah. um, specifically is called the Art uh, Rolls-Royce Art Deco design that they're going to unveil, where was it, Paris? Yeah, it's uh, at the Paris Motor Show 2012. Check mm-hmm. it out. If you get a chance to look at it, they've got a Rolls-Royce Phantom um, with with some uh, nods to the Art Deco movement and uh, Rolls-Royce Ghost. Now, funny thing about the Phantom, uh, I was showing this to you, Scott. They have um, they have a picnic kit yeah. embedded in the vehicles. There's eight wine glasses and... Ben, that's a throwback to like way, way back when they would attach the, uh, the, the actual wicker basket to the rear bumper. Yeah, or uh, this, this also reminds me, these sorts of... Um, Opulent luxuries yeah. remind me of some of the original Art Deco stuff where they would have a completely separate compartment mm-hmm. for the driver. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. the chauffeur compartment, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I'm i a big fan of those vehicles. Like uh, It almost reminds me, I always say this, the Munster vehicles. Yeah. Remember the uh, the very first Phantom that we looked at mm-hmm. um, in our Phantom episode? We Go back and listen to that one if you want. But the, the, uh, um, the, the Series 1 or the first generation yeah. of Phantom – has that very, very dark, very foreboding look. I don't know how else to put it, but uh, it's really, really cool. And it looks like it's made for chauffeur up front, definitely, you know, a separate sure. compartment in the back for the for the, uh, the passengers, the well-heeled passengers. And that kind of division, you know, has remained in some other things. Uh, for instance, in the Maybach, uh, mm-hmm. the Maybach models with the curtains yeah. in the back. You're not going to believe this. I saw one of those just this morning. I was at <laughs> of wow. all places. I was at McDonald's drive-through. There was a ma- the in guy the in front. The guy in front of me had a Maybach, and um, or I call, I say Maybach. Yeah, Maybach. Uh, but Sorry. it had the the only reason that I really you know that has the unusual emblem on the back end. Yeah. It looks like a giant Mercedes is what it looks like. A yeah. huge Mercedes. And uh, don't get mad at me, Maybach owners, but um, the back windows. I, 
kind of you know tilted my head a little bit. It had uh, curtains in the back window. Yeah, and it was definitely one of the longer wheelbase cars too. But it was uh, it was not being chauffeured. This guy was just driving through the uh, the McDonald's drive-through this morning. Right this very I mean like four hours ago, Ben. I mean, I just, it's just so weird to me. I would never think of being behind a car of that caliber at a fast food joint. I, you wouldn't think so, but uh, they've got to, got to eat too, right? And, you know, yeah. the other thing about this that I want to quickly oh, – well, you know, two more things, really. Yeah, yeah let's um, do them all. The, uh, the whole thing about, you know, like an Art Deco car and over, overly styled and overly ornate and sure. you know, extreme opulent luxury vehicles. Yeah, it's and, luxury um, for luxury sake. Yeah, exactly. The The – one of the things that they do is they compare them to yachts. And yes. the funny thing is when you see them on the road, it's like that car is enormous. That's a huge, huge vehicle, yeah. and it's overly done. It's 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 everything right to the very limit or beyond. Mm-hmm. And it does remind you of a land yacht. And I know that term gets thrown around a lot for just big, big cars. Right. But, but the, the term land yacht is so appropriate for some of these cars that you'll see at um, at the Concourse shows, for example. Yeah. Um, it, it just it fits so well for these vehicles. I, I think you'll understand when, when you see one. Now, of course, um, we do hope everybody does get a chance to see one. Uh, you will have to seek them out. Yeah, but you know what? There's what? also a much, much lower entry cost for some of these vehicles that they claim are also Art Deco designed. Did you read this? Why don't you? Why don't you spill the beans? I, I couldn't believe this. I, I when I read this, I I almost dropped the paper. And okay. It was in my hands, um, and I was reading it in a print version, by the way, because <laughs> I'm old and I do that. Um, they say yeah. that uh, recent cars, and I get this, Ben. I, uh-huh. I almost choke on the words when I say it. Okay. The Chrysler PT Cruiser is Art Deco. Do you buy that? We got so close to ending this episode without having to bring that up yeah i do I not buy it i and of course <laughs> obviously it. wasn't the chevrolet hhr similar in design that's yeah the, uh, they were similar. okay and there's a truck that they made the ssr i think or something like mm, that yeah but, it's not um, my favorite truck then. same same designer yeah went over to chevrolet but um i i couldn't believe that when i read the the pt cruiser was an art deco design i know it's a throwback design you know it meant to go back to kind of like the the gangster cars of right in the yeah, 40s yeah but i i never tied the two together art deco and the pt cruiser i'm gonna have to take a quick you know good look at a pt cruiser not my favorite car personally but um i know there's still a lot of them out there i can do this i have made the comparison you have yeah i i took uh i Took a look at it because I had heard some of the same things. You do like a little side-by-side photo thing or what? Yeah, and the uh, the designer of the cruiser. Uh, yeah, the PT Cruiser. And uh, I think he designed a couple other vehicles as well. Yeah, the HHR and the mm-hmm. SSR. Mm-hmm. He he clearly uh, does take some cues from Art Deco. Mm-hmm. But I think it's I think saying that something has Art Deco elements and saying that it's an Art Deco car. I think those two deliberations are a world apart, man. Yeah. I do not think the cruisers. I totally agree. A deco car, not not a, not completely over the top Art Deco, like we're talking about the coach built vehicles, right? That use like lots of metals and leathers and all that. Right. Clearly not present in the in the PT Cruiser, but I can see you know like the streamlined fenders and the uh, you know the throwback design to the '40s gangsters cars sure. or whatever. Um, I, I can I can see that. But to call the PT Cruiser an Art Deco car, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that that's a uh, justified title in this case. 
Yeah, and this reminds me of some of the ongoing debates about muscle cars. You know, you can, if you are ever bored and want to see people arguing, go online, check out the muscle car forums, yeah. and see how how thorough these people are. Oh, so, sure, yeah. They're, they're people that argue about this all day long. Well, actually, all, their whole life, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, you know, if one car is considered a muscle car or not, or what, you know, what's a sports car, what's a muscle car, what's more of just a sedan with kind of a bigger engine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's lots of discussion online about that type of thing. Oh, so, before we go, though, you had a question. I, I do. Yeah. You know, I, I do. So um, my question is this. Now, we've, we've just talked about how all-encompassing the Art Deco style was right yeah. how this this movement really mm-hmm. and it, it touched on so many different things it touched on furniture and architecture and automobiles and you know everything appliances anything jewelry um you know that let's see i, I guess the way to say this ben okay. is that prior to this there was like the art nouveau movement sure. style yeah. style movement right and that's anything like before world war one then we get into the Art Deco era, which is like the 1920s to 1940s. And then that gave way to like the clean modernistic look, mm-hmm. I guess, clean modern look in like the, right. the 1950s. And you can clearly see like how that, how the modern design influenced, again, furniture and architecture. And you, know, you can look at a, at a house right now and say like that house is built in the 1950s. I just know it. I can yeah. see it. And that yeah. school was built in the 1950s. It all has a similar look and a feel. Right now, Right, like right now in 2012, 2013, what style design era are we in right now? Because I can't pick it out. I can't say that. I can't say that something is so all-encompassing that we're we're basing the way our furniture looks on it. We're basing the way artwork is created, mm-hmm. um, jewelry is made, automobiles. Do you think we? Number one, I guess, is what what style period are we in? Is it like some kind of postmodern? Is it? Uh, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. And then, is there ever going to be anything again that is so all-encompassing? I keep saying that, I know, but all-encompassing mm-hmm. as Art Deco so was. So ubiquitous. Yeah, exactly. How how are we going to, are we ever going to get to a point where there's something like Art Deco again in our culture, in our, in our I guess, worldwide, a, a phenomenon? Hmm. That, okay, that's a, that's a very good question, and I think it's a question that we're posing. You're not just asking me, we're not asking just, the listeners. Not just you. I want to I know this from everybody. I mean, I mean, what are we? Are we like late modern? Are we postmodern? Are I, we- okay, I hate postmodern. That is a term. Okay. I, th- I, th- I am sorry to interrupt you, but no. it needs to be said Fair because enough. postmodern itself is kind of a, a fallacious thing, the way we use it. It just means after modern. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's sort of a way of avoiding the question of what this is, because not everything can be modern, no, right? I, I see this like, I mean, look at car makers today. Yeah. I mean, they're so dramatically different in the way the designs are of the vehicles. We're not trying, they're not all following one form. There's right? no universal aesthetic. Exactly, exactly. There's nothing like that. That, that I mean, look at furniture and look at jewelry. Look at mm-hmm. uh, the artwork that we buy or, or produce. It's it's so dramatically different. It's all very eclectic. And there's much more. I think part of it is technology, Scott. There, there's. Uh, it's much easier for the average person to put their own ideas out. So it, there are more voices in the room hmm. of the human it seems, civilization. It almost seems like that could go the other way too, though. Like if somebody had something that, like a design mm-hmm. or stylistic idea that was so overpowering. I don't know how to say this. Like right. that. So so. Um, enthralling, encompassing that yeah. everybody wanted to be a part of that. It seems like it would spread like wildfire and fast. 
And, but but then again, would it hang on long because then someone come, would come along with a right. new idea? And maybe that's happening already. I don't know. Or have we just become a, a Twitter society incapable of longer coherence? It's possible. Uh, this is a really good question, and uh, we're going to have to step away for a little while to uh, go off on another off-air adventure, uh, but we do definitely want to hear from anybody who has a take on this, especially if you know more about um, the culture in which we live than we do, which in my case is not hard. Um, please do let us know what you think historians of the future will call the era of cars. Mm -hmm. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B &B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please help us with this design question. What era do we live in? I know this is the third time I've repeated it, but you blew me away, Scott. It was such a good question. Let us know more about uh, upcoming topics you'd like us to cover, your take on what is or is not an Art Deco car. Um, feel free to... Tell me I was wrong to not call the cruiser an Art Deco car. Yeah, peruse our article on our website. It's also called uh, What is an Art Deco Car? And that'll, uh, that'll hopefully clear up some of the questions, the underlying questions that you may have had. You know, Fill in the gaps, I guess, in what we were talking about. So uh, drop us a line on Facebook. Give us a shout or a tweet, rather, on Twitter. And as always, you can email us at carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, 
Jim Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.